This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's do a little post-game podcast with the Jerry Recco still out. Uh, Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello, podcast people. Jerry will uh, return tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But until then, uh, I had something uh, happen where I, I hit what I can only call the bathroom lottery today, Eddie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so there was the, a point in the show in the 9 o'clock hour I had been uh, having to uh, go to the bathroom mm-hmm. on, number, on number two, unfortunately. Which is so rare for you. Like Here twice at work. a year? Yeah, it's unfortunately gotten a little more than twice a year. Mm. But uh, it's not often. It's like once every two months, maybe, I mm-hmm. have to go at work. And uh, I was I was feeling like that was going to be the case. I was like, mm, now that I have a longer ride home, I think about it more. I'm like, do I really want to be in that predicament? So I said, well, let me, right before we went to the break at 920, I said, let me go give an eyeball. Let me go eyeball the bathroom. If I could sneak in here now, this would be perfect. So I go in there and the the, uh, the cleaning cart is outside the bathroom. Mm. So someone's in there cleaning. I'm not going to go to the bathroom when someone's right. in there cleaning. So I was like, oh. And at first I was like, oh, this sucks. I was like, hmm, but wait a minute. As soon as he's done cleaning, I'm first one in. Perfect. And that's exactly what happened. The blue uh, cleaning solution was still in the toilet. Oh, that that's that is. It the felt lottery. good. Yeah. yeah, I and then one or two people walked in and used the urinal, but no one else went into the other bathroom stall. It was so great. And I then, was so lucky. And then when you got up to leave, the bathroom was empty. Empty. Yeah, because I'm like you. I'll stay in the stall yes. until they leave. Yeah, most people will just correct come right out, which I Last hate. right out of there. Because then I'm, I'm making eye contact. You know they just pooped. You know they just pooped. They haven't washed their hands yet. Their yeah. hand was in their butt, yes. essentially, with that. a thin toilet paper yes. and, uh, only. Yeah. So I got lucky. Got lucky. But I tell you, ever since I hooked up that tushy at home, mm-hmm. I don't like going to the bathroom anywhere but my house, even more so now, because yeah. it's so cleansing. Yeah, I haven't your gone butt. tushy yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's very nice. But you uh, rave about it. Izzo raves about yeah. it. Yeah. I know. I had it. I had it in my basement for a full year before I hooked it up. Mm. But and I, but Izzo kept telling me about. it. I was like, ah, all right, I'll give it a shot. And you hooked it up yourself. Yeah. And easy. Easy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Very easy. It's a very simple setup. My sister just got one. Um, for her son, her, well, she got a you know for their bathroom, but her son, my nephew's like twelve. He's like how I was, I think, when I was younger. I would like wipe way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't want any. Uh, so, um, she got a tushy, and he 
he gave me the thumbs up when he came over the last weekend. Nice. I said, "How's that Toshi working out for you?" Thumbs up. And how much do they run? I think they're like a hundred bucks. Okay, ninety nine bucks. Well worth. I, I tell you, it is well worth it. Mm. I have a couple products in my home that I would recommend to anybody, and that's that's up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do a thing for digital. Yeah, the products in my home that I love. There you go. I like it. Right? Why not? Here's my Toshi. My coffee maker I love. My air fryer. My Apple TV. My Google Nest. Uh, my Google speaker. Oh, you don't have the uh, Alexa? No. I have an Alexa in my bathroom, a little one, mm-hmm. like we have in the bathroom yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But uh, downstairs, I have the Google speaker. I like it better. I was having a problem with Amazon playing Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like it was playing it, but it just kept like kind of skipping a little bit. It's yes. just it was annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah, I, I run into that every once in a while with the uh, Alexa, and I have to reboot it. Yeah, yeah, and I was rebooting. It wasn't like it just wasn't fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. And other things like satellite radio or streaming FAN, like that was no problem. But for whatever reason, the Spotify was just it was just something not connecting with it. Uh, I have a story here that uh, Nicole, who um, you, I think you met, you saw yes. at uh, she gave me the very uh, wonderful pastries. Yes, Nicole, she's a longtime supporter of the program, mm-hmm. of the podcast, of uh, us as individuals. She had sent me a direct message on Twitter asking if you on the podcast today could explain this new NASA telescope. And what it means for us. Like, like, uh, so I'm with her. I was like, yeah, you know what? I've been seeing these new images that came out of the NASA James Webb Space Telescope. Mm-hmm. But she's like, can Eddie dumb it down for us? So, like, what are we looking at in okay. these photos? Because they look like, first of all, they, they look like Yes album covers from the mm-hmm. 70s. Like, yeah. it looks fake, actually, These this telescope and the images they're sending back. Yeah, well, it's just a more you know, the most powerful to date telescope so it can see further and like how much further is it seeing now than the last telescope we got? I cannot answer that. All right. Uh, I know that even if it is seeing maybe approximately the same distance, but I do think it's, it is more, uh, it's, uh, it's seeing more, it's more powerful. It's, more more at, detailed and yes, clearer pictures. Yes, correct. And I think this I, I I haven't read a lot about it yet, although I've seen it everywhere, as have you. Uh I think the latest or one of the photos, it sees like back thirteen billion years ago. Really? When you're looking at those deep Im- deep space images, it's your your that light has taken because they're so far away. You know, the light has taken 13 billion years to get here. So you're actually looking back into the past. What you're seeing, you're seeing as it was 13 billion years ago. And their best guess for the age of the universe, I think, is 13.6 or 13.8 billion. So it was soon, not long after the Big Bang happened. So that means the next telescope will be able to see... Like maybe back the start of the universe, possibly. Yeah, what would seem well, not the start because light wasn't around uh, until I think about 
maybe 200 or 300,000 years ago uh, after the Big Bang. There was something with, uh, I don't know, understand the, the physics of it, but uh, light wasn't there at the very beginning. And I'm not sure exactly why. And it seems weird that that would be the case, but it's something to do with physics and particles and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I think the visible or what light became, uh, light uh, arrived about 200,000 years after the Big Bang. I'm probably getting this wrong. So the Big Bang happens, and there's but there's still no light for another 300,000 years. Right. Two or, two or 300,000 years. And then, uh, then, so we can't see past that point. Um, obviously, but because there's obviously no light. We just got to get a giant flashlight up on the telescope. But perhaps they will have telescopes that looking like they have one that is looking at infrared, which is still light. But, um, you know, maybe they can develop things that will see whatever there is to be seen. So are we actually looking at the past? Yes. So when when time passes, it still exists in the universe. Is that what we're saying? You're, what are you saying? The, the, the images we're seeing, the galaxies yeah. we're seeing, you know, they're, they're still there. But, uh, and also, you aware of, uh, you know, the, uh, you know the, obviously the universe expands, right? After the Big Bang, it sort of grows out. But then there's something called inflation where it, it, it ex- expands faster than we think it should be able to, faster than the speed of light. And nothing is faster than the speed of light. But the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. And they don't really understand fully why. There's something to do with dark energy. Um, And there will be, like, all all the universes, all the galaxies around us, except in our local cluster. Like, the Andromeda galaxy is part of our local cluster. And there's that's the only, only other major one, I believe. And then there's a bunch of minor galaxies that are around us. And we'll eventually, we'll just be one big galaxy. You know, you're talking far future, like 2 billion, 3 billion years from now. But ultimately, if people are still around, they won't be able to see anything else but our local galaxy because all the other galaxies are just going away from us at such a high speed that ultimately we'll just have this our local galaxy, which is gravitationally bound uh, to each other. So, yeah, it's a weird sort of uh, depressing future because then ultimately all the matter in our local galaxy will sort of, you know, the stars will die and things will just sort of, you know, the heat death of the universe, like, you know, whatever, 30 trillion years from now. So we'll be dead. Uh, probably. By then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then they can tell that because there's something called redshift. When things are moving away from us, they appear red in this, the way they're looking at them. If it's a redshift, it's moving away from us, which is most everything. And if it's a blue shift, it's coming towards us. So I don't know if that answered your question, Nicole, but. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's say we're looking uh, through this telescope. Mm-hmm. Would we be able to see a spaceship if it exists? Uh, well. And would um, it be 3 billion years old? Well, no, I don't think you're going to get that high of resolution. I mean, you're looking at stars and galaxies. You know, those are very, you know, large objects. Obviously. Oh, I see what you're saying. But, uh, you know, we if we have, if we know where to look and there's a spaceship in our solar system i think that's if it's emitting light if it has a certain they call it an albedo i believe how much light it's giving off uh then we might be able to to spot it to see it but you know it'll just be a dot yeah but space is yeah is vast but you know we see the moons around uh you know the the other distant planets in our solar system some of which are not that big you know, they're just big rocks out there. Uh, so if it's a big enough spaceship and it's got, if it's giving off a little light, then we should be able to see it if it's there. Even sometimes when I'm looking out at the ocean, mm-hmm. I'm like, if if I could see all the, like, let's say I had a really powerful telescope or binoculars that I could look across the ocean and see whatever countries are on the other side. Well, you couldn't because of the, Curvature of the Earth. Oh, that's a, flat a problem. Earther. I'm not a flat earther. Okay. Yes. Oh, so you so I I would never see that. Right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. If you went up high and, but still, ultimately, even the spaceships, you know, they're looking. They can't see the whole Earth. Good point. So, I'm looking. I'm on the NASA website about this uh, James Webb Space Telescope. Mm-hmm. Now, the the most famous images we're seeing is what they're calling the cosmic cliffs. They kind of look like mountains. Mm-hmm. It's dust formations, right? Is that what it they're says saying? It says that images of cosmic cliffs showcase Webb's camera's capabilities to peer through cosmic dust, shedding new light on how stars form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stellar nurseries and all that stuff. Yes, stellar nurseries they've mentioned. Yes. And the Carina Nebula, uh, it's like a, a, it says stellar nurseries and individual stars in the Carina Nebula. 
that were mm-hmm. previously obscured is what we're seeing. Oh, right, because I guess they're looking in the infrared and they can yeah. peer, peer through the dust. It's not just the regular. That is cool. Visible, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's really it's mind-boggling if you actually stop and think about the this the vastness of it and the and just the the distances involved. It's in, it really uh, makes you feel very small. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm walking my dog sometimes on Ocean Avenue, there are people that have. Uh, you know, big homes mm-hmm. with uh, floors higher up. And oftentimes I'll see a telescope in their window. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like how, what's the most power, like what's what's the best telescope you could get for your house and what would you see in it? Oh, I'm sure if you got, uh, you could probably see the outer planets, I would guess. I'm not 100% sure, but certainly you can be- beautiful shots of the rings of Saturn. with, with Really? Because you can see Saturn with the naked eye. I don't think you can see the rings, but I know back in the Renaissance period, they that's when they discovered the rings around Saturn. So if you got a, a very fancy, nice telescope for your home, you could, I would say you probably could see the moons of Saturn. At least you may be able to see neptune and uranus out there perhaps i'm not sure i haven't researched it every time i go by them i'm like i wonder how often these people look through their telescopes yeah some people do it all the time and there's a lot of amateur astronomers and uh, many of them will you know see and what you could see there's many amateur astronomers around the world that the the quote-unquote professional astronomers rely on to verify you know data or findings and there's been amateur astronomers that have spotted comets and asteroids that then are you know sort of uh they're given the honor of being named after them once they're verified has to be verified by you know multiple sources um yeah so yeah you could maybe spot a comet you could also get a star named after someone if you want. Yeah, the International Star Registry. Yep. Sure, that's a, a thing, I guess. But uh, yeah, but if you spotted a comet, it could be the Duke's Comet. How cool would that, that be? That would be awesome. And if it's a periodic comet, where it, meaning like Halley's Comet, where it will return every so often. Now, the chances of there's, you know, periodic comets that would come back in our lifetime, like Halley's, Maybe it's probably will probably be dead by the time it comes back around. But you remember when it came the last time? Yeah, people were very in, excited. Eighties, yeah. I think. You know, but it's seventy-five years before it comes back. Right. So, so we're not going to get so it. Most of the close periodic comets or the ones that come around frequently, they've already been found. But you could find one that comes back every you know fifteen hundred years, and then fifteen hundred years from now, people will be talking about. The Duke's Comet. Yep, it's coming back around. Right. I don't understand how uh, telescopes work. Oh, um, like I, how I, do they? Yeah, well, it's like your your glasses or binoculars. It's just that the uh, take it to the next level. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, like um, some telescopes, I think plug in. I think. Uh well, they're using, <clears throat> you know, power right to move and yeah. around. But uh, I think the mechanism for capturing the light and all i don't think that's mechanical at all yeah well so i mean like even with the binoculars like they're not plugged in 
No. And they and it look and by the way, I bought a pair of like forty dollar binoculars. Yeah. They are crystal clear. Yeah. Right. And you like, can buy night vision, you know, all this stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible technology. Like I just yeah. to and that though, that technology that. has been around for you know many hundreds of right. years. Didn't Galileo? Uh, I don't know if he was the first one to like invent the telescope. The, he may have. You may be correct about that. I'm not sure, but certainly like eyeglasses and binoculars and telescopes. Yeah, been around a hell of a long time. Yeah, and. We really, us two idiots sitting here, have no idea really how they work. <laughs> and thankfully, there are still people all around who know how they work. But that's the case with most all of our technology that we rely on. We have no idea how it works. Like our cars, I have a basic idea. Could I build a car? No. Our iPhones, no idea. Computers, no idea. Wi-Fi. Right. Or just even uh, plumbing and water systems. Like, how do you get water from a reservoir to your house? Yes. Romans figured that out like 2,000 years ago. But Yeah, I was thinking, I think back on some things that seem so outdated that we still use, like cable for your cable TV. Like, they're wiring individual wires into individual houses that are on poles, and that seems so outdated now. It does. But, you know, but it, wireless is not 100% uh, foolproof now. And right. there's still glitches. And yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a technology trap that we are, we are in that if that went away, we, a lot of us would be screwed and wouldn't know how to recreate it. I also think about how many people just wear glasses. Mm-hmm. And... What if that technology never was a thing? Like, right? Would we just have so many people not being able to see properly after the age of 35, 40? Yeah, for sure. Right. And then even younger when younger people get glasses? Yeah. I'm saying a lot of people get glasses like once they hit 40. Sure. Or after 40, sometime in there. But otherwise, what? We weren't using our eyes? Well, we were. You just think you couldn't see things at, at, at distance or close up or whatever you but people would work it out i mean if that's the way it always was it wouldn't be any great hardship because that's just the way life is and maybe you'd have a friend your friend would read things far away for you and you would read things up close for your friend right exactly a symbiotic relationship yeah but yeah but if you never had it it's not a hardship because that's all you know yeah but if we we have all this stuff, we rely on all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, if it's taken away, and you're reliant upon it, then you're screwed. Yeah, like uh, you know, subway systems and mass-produced food and all this stuff. It's yeah, it's uh, scary to think about what would happen if it went away. Yes, and like, do I know how to forage? In you know, do I know what foods are safe to eat or? You know, plants out in the forest? No, no idea. We do not. I might have a tiny bit of an idea, but not enough to survive more than a week. I'd be with my dog looking for chicken wing bones on the streets of Bradley Beach. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, scary to think about the the trap that we're in sometimes. Yes, Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. All right, Eddie, let's do the warm-up program. All right. 
I did that well with Mr. Peter Schwartz. You did the Peter Schwartz uh, warm-up. And uh, we'll look forward to having Jerry back tomorrow. Not that we didn't enjoy Peter Schwartz. I mm-hmm. thought he brought a lot of content both days. He did. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thursday, yes. Thursday. Oh. So-